Hello and welcome to Meet the CEO, a series of short, sharp podcasts that explore how CEOs really think. My name's Matt Crabtree, I'm the founder of Positive Momentum, and in each episode of this podcast series, we'll be asking CEOs of real businesses to share with us why on earth they wanted to become a CEO in the first place. What do they do when no one's watching? What do they find really tough? And what are the best lessons they've learned from others? So whether you're already a CEO, might want to be one one day, or just have to deal with CEOs from time to time, we promise to get you the no-nonsense lowdown on exactly what it takes to make happen, well, whatever it is you need to make happen. This is Meet the CEO. My guest today is Jim Thomas, founder and CEO of Itemize Core, an organization uniquely focused on AI solutions at the intersection of financial supply chains and commercial payments. Itemize is dedicated to automating the financial record-keeping activities associated with B2B purchasing, procurement, and business expenses. Used by more than 5 million merchants and vendors across 115 currencies and in 90 markets, Itemize is a truly global leader. Jim, welcome to Meet the CEO. Thanks, Matt. It's terrific to be here. Uh, We're glad to have you. Now, Jim, you were uh, a global practice leader with MasterCard for four years. And before that, uh, you've been at various places, including Morgan Stanley and uh, legendary Booz Allen. So I know your experience um, is extensive already. But let me start by asking you the question that we ask all of our guests. Why did you become a CEO? Matt, it's terrific to speak with you. Thank you for the question. Um, you know, it, it's interesting. I, I feel like I became an accidental CEO. Um, I feel that way, but I also know that I was sort of always destined to it. I always wanted to be a leader, but when I became an adult, uh, somehow that sort of that that, that evaporated, and I actually was more of a founder and innovator. Yep. Uh, and in a couple of my different positions that you just mentioned, I. Um, I, you know, started business units or started products um, and developed them into a business. Uh, And then I got to the point about 10, 15 years ago where it was clear to me that I needed to start itemize. Um, And the only way to start itemize was to start itemize uh, as a founder. And so as a result, I had to become a CEO. Uh, (laughs) And... um, it's interesting. It's, you know, it's very interesting to be a founder CEO versus a CEO who works for a company, um, commendable as it is, but there's two completely different personas uh, and different roles. Yeah, it's a really interesting one. We've had um, lots of previous guests who've talked about the accidental nature of it, but you're absolutely right. There is a big difference between the founder CEOs and those who've been in various organizations and progressively work their way up but it's actually also really notable to me that you sort of always knew it was going to happen and and I don't know did you know it was going to happen through listen I'm going to have to go and be an entrepreneur and and you know found my own thing or did you did you think at a certain stage ah well you know I'm pretty senior in MasterCard or wherever I am maybe I maybe I work my way to the top there no I, I don't think I did I mean I always I always sort of knew I was a I always thought of myself, well, I guess, more of as an entrepreneur, right? Is that hokey phrase? Um, and then realized I actually needed to be my my own boss. Um, and um, I'm, you know, I'm stubborn enough and abrasive enough um, and short-tempered enough 
to know that I probably was going to make it to the CEO of any big organization. <laughs> well, I have no, I have no evidence to the contrary no. or to confirm these things, no. but you seem a very nice guy to me. So uh, let, let's let's hope I don't let's hope I don't get the at the end of that with any of my other questions. You know, I mean, it's just the old line about if if you rock the boat, you are going to take on water somewhere. It's um, true enough. It's so true. That's life. Right. Yeah, that's a fact or a fact. Well, let's let's explore this a bit more then. So you're a founder, founder CEO, and as you would describe it, an accidental CEO. Uh, but you've been doing it for a while now. Itemize, uh, I think, was uh, founded in 2012. Do I get that yep. right? Yep. Yep. Exactly. Um, so you've been at this for a while. You've built an extraordinary business and you're probably into some sort of routine. What part of your day Jim is is sacrosanct. What do you preserve at all costs? Do you have a routine that you stick to? Yeah, well, it's changed, of course, in COVID. Of course. Um, but um, and, and and some say for the better. Um, I think it, I, I think that the most sacrosanct part of my day, you're probably not going to be surprised by this, is the morning. Yeah. Right. And it's the early morning. Um, I've come to realize that I have my best, clearest strategic thoughts, non-tactical ones, but strategic ones, you know, with a clear head on a night's sleep, right? So all those articles about how important sleep is, uh, they really bear themselves uh, themselves out. And in my ability to distill down in the morning, um, you know, conclusions from yesterday's events and or from, you know, weeks worth of events and say, that's the aha moment. Um, you know, people talk about, I had this idea in the shower. Well, there's a reason they say that, right? Because they haven't polluted their day with, with, with all the noise of incoming, right? Um, and they can use the power of their sub subconscious brain to, to, you know, to, to draw conclusions. Um, so I think that, I think the morning is super duper important for that. And then the other side of the morning is to flip it and you say, you know, you get to whatever time you sit down at your desk to do the daily tasks. You just got to set the day up for success. Right, which is go through, you know, your own little version of a run book um, for the day. Right, what are what's my calendar look like? What's my inbox look look looks like? What do I actually want to accomplish today? What are my deliverables to my team or my clients, boards, blah blah blah. So it's it's the morning. And the other thing I try and do is I try and you're gonna laugh. I try and play the piano for 15 minutes somewhere between the morning and noon. I'm not going to laugh at all. I think that's fantastic. Keep the creative juices going and stay in touch with the keyboard. Well, I love that. Um, you know, as you said when you started your answer to that, I'm not going to be surprised. The number of CEOs we've spoken to you know, would predominate that really value that morning space. But you are the first to yeah. make the suggestion of getting on the keyboard. What right. what might we find you playing? Uh, you, what style? What style would you favour for a mid 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 midday play? Um, uh, well, it's 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 practice music more than creative music. So it's unfortunately <laughs> it's going to be um, something like um, I've been working my way through the first pages only of uh, some uh, Goldberg variations from Bach, which is a great practice little piece. You can very nice. Homer Glenn Gould hums in the background. Look at um, that. But I'm not nearly as good as uh, not even remotely as good as Glenn Gould. It's embarrassing. Um, but sometimes, um, you know, sometimes it's just a couple of notes. I mean, it only, in some cases, it only has to be, it can only be 60 seconds. And that's better than nothing. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I love that you brought it. You brought it. You brought a touch of class to meet the CEO today, Jim. Thank you very much for that. Let's talk about challenges. It sounds like piano is occasionally a challenge that you are trying to master. But in the business world, what's uh, have there been particular challenges or situations that have really taught you a lot as as CEO? Is there anything specific that comes to mind that were some of the strongest lessons? Um, I think you. I'll, I'll take the bait and go to the obvious answer, which is is COVID. Sure. Um, I, you know, I, I think COVID has shown us all, not just for my business, but everybody that, you know, humans are terrible at, at, at risk assessment, even when it's staring them in the face. Yep. Um, and, you know, and it hasn't been our finest hour uh, in that regard. No, it um, hasn't. It, it, I was sort of fortunate. We were kind of fortunate because in a, in a twisted kind of way, because we were exposed to COVID um, very, very early in the process here in the United States. One of the folks on my team happens to be very familiar with, with, a, with, with somebody who got it very early in New York. So it showed up in our office literally um, in, on March 1st. Wow. Uh, and what it really did was dunk our heads in the water on the risk assessment of it. Yeah. Um, and so we quickly realized that, you know, the, a huge portion of our business is about processing expense documents from people, from business travel. Well, you can imagine what's been going on or not going on in our business for the past nine months. Yeah. Right? yeah. So we, we, because of the head dunking, we realized that this was a, um, you know, immortal threat to our business. Um, and so I'm, I'm grateful for, you know, a bad event um, uh, making us aware of the gravity of the situation. And we went into an extremely aggressive and painful business continuity effort, you know, starting March 15th. Wow, uh, you were fast out of the blocks. We had no choice. Yeah. And, and the only reason, I don't attribute to any wisdom, you know, by by me, I attribute to the fact that, that COVID walked in the door of our business and people started getting sick, right? And, and we said, yeah. well, Everybody's getting sick. And by the way, none of us have heard from the New York State Health Department, you know, focus group of one. You know, what does that say about what's really going to happen here? Wow. So you knew early on. And and how's the business now, uh, Jim? And is, is everybody fitting well, I guess, is the Everybody's most, most well. important question. Everybody got through it. Um, we've, you know, we went to work from home starting March 5th. Um, so we got in a groove. Um, we um, have been... Uh, you know, we we went into a business continuity mode to ride out the storm, and then we realized that the storm was going to be here basically forever. So then we went into a business transformation mode, um, and you know we've we've uh, we've used the crisis to transform the business and try and position it to do new and interesting things. So we've we've de-emphasized business travel documents because we've had to, just like the restaurant that's had to figure out how to do carry out, um, and we focus the business much more. Uh, future state on diverse um, accounting and expense documents like invoices, accounts payable, uh, procurement, all that kind of stuff. Um, and that's doing well. And now, of course, business travel is starting to come back. So, uh, so out of adversity, uh, yeah, yeah. these are the these are the small silver linings we all hold on to, don't we? And yeah, hope exactly. that we look back and and see the the good that it did our businesses, as well as the you know remember the tragedy that affected so many people's lives. Very, very interesting, and it, it's interesting how 
whilst it's a common feature, the lessons for different businesses are different. You know, your context was so different having somebody with a case so relatively early um, in North America. So very helpful. Um, Jim, let me move on to a, a different area, which is a bit about, you know, people you've worked with in the past. You know, I've mentioned some of the uh, tremendous organizations that you've worked in, but I've no doubt you've worked uh, alongside lots of other uh, business people. Are there particular people who've really influenced the way you lead your business today? For the bad and for the good, right? Yep. Uh, because we're influenced by both. And unfortunately, sometimes we're more influenced by the bad than by the good. Um, so I've seen leaders who lead with sticks and fear, right, and ankle biting and naysaying, um, which is demotivating. And I've seen leaders who lead with carrots and with positive energy um, and inspiration and buy-in. Um, and it's those ones that I think are worth talking about. Yeah. <laughs> um, because that's who who whom I admire, and, and I what I and I I frequently thought that that step out of business and ask that question, right? And who are the really good leaders who aren't doing it with with M O N E Y, right, as an incentive? And and I think that's where you have to look at people who lead charities, people um, uh, uh, people who work in uh, in uh, not for profit or, or, or organizations. Um, sports coaches, I love to look at sports coaches as great leaders, right? Now, and I don't mean professional football coaches or, you know, coaching 20, 20 million pound a year, a year players, um, you know, but but college and high school football coaches and that kind of stuff. Um, another one that in my own world that I, that I think is really interesting um, is musical conductors, right? Who need to, who need to use the mostly... Uh, they use a stick, but it's a baton, and they, they don't hurl it at you. But, uh, um, you know, but who, but who need, in the practice room are mentoring and helping you with your own technical skills, even though they don't play your instrument. Um, uh, and then out, out one, once we've gone through 100 practice sessions or 25 practice sessions, if you're a professional, you know, then we go out onto the stage, and it's a completely different conductor. So it's a different leadership style in a different moment where it's all about communication and inspiration and motivation, right? Um, without too much drama because you can't look ridiculous up there, right? Um, and, you know, it's, a, it's, one little, it's one little smirk or raised eyebrow that, uh, that is all that the oboe section needs to get, the, to get the, the hint that what they've just done is great and keep doing it, right? And I think that's really cool. I love that. I love how you're keeping the keeping the musical theme going. But I do. I always love that that musical conductor metaphor because it is so true, isn't it? That if an effective leader actually, as soon as you start leading people from multiple functions, whenever you get to that stage in your career, you know with certainty that you've got people who are often infinitely better at that task than right. you can ever be. Right. But you still have a significant part to play, and the conductor is never an expert. I don't believe in any of the musical fields, but they are themselves an expert at conducting and form such a critical part of the performance. And you, and, and, and in any given moment, you be you may, may be trying to tell the trumpets to quiet down and the clarinets to voice it up. 
<laughs> I wonder what wonder what functions we could mean for trumpets and what for clarinet. But let's not go there. That could we, that, this could unwind very quickly. Let's, but let's use that actually as a little bridge into into talking about executive teams because let, let's think of an executive team as a, I love this as as an orchestra. You've been a member of many executive teams, uh, I'm sure, and now leading your own executive team at Itemize, and I guess you will have carefully handpicked the team that you've got. What's the secret to a really effective executive team in your experience, Jim? Because it becomes such an important factor for the success of businesses, and I think often a bit underrated as an important factor. What have you found to be the secrets? Well, I think that the first table stakes is you have to have aligned incentives. If you don't start there, and that's not where you end up, but if you don't start there, it's 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 a train wreck. Yep. Um, um, and then I then I think I think communications, right? People people have to talk. They have to spend time together, face to face, in the same room, looking across the table. Um, they have to go out to dinner. They have to they have to they have to get to know each other. I think they actually have to like each other. Right, we have to we have to bring people onto the team whom we can like, and it's challenging because that can sometimes fly in the face of diversity and inclusion. Indeed, if you're not careful, you know. Yep. I, I saw an interview with a with a new uh, Secretary of Defense, and he was talking about the challenges in the Pentagon of having very few people of color in senior leadership teams, and he says it's simple: the leaders of the past. Let's talk about ducks. Ducks like ducks. So ducks recruit ducks. Um, you know, and. So we have to we have to get communication going, and we have to have people want to work together, and yet we also have to have enough friction in there, um, so that we have diversity of views and diversity of representation. Yeah, it's a really interesting one, isn't it? Because if I think about it, I don't know what you think. Some of the people I like the most, and I and I, I do love actually the simplicity of the have to like each other. Some of the people I like the most are not at all like me they don't have the same background as me they don't think it's actually one of the reasons I like them a lot is right, because exactly. right. they're different and I've got a different point of view so I think those two things complement each other no you can like people and you can build truly diverse teams of perspective some of my some of my best friends I can have a really good argument with and then we're best friends even better friends afterwards and, that, and, and that and that's why you're friends but there's also there's a also a, a tendency sometimes to fall back into um into the fraternity house of yeah, yeah. Um, of people who look like me and act like me and that's my comfort zone yeah yeah no it's true it's uh i think that the world has arrived i hope at a point of genuinely confronting that and making much better decisions as a consequence certainly we see it with most of our clients making very very conscious decisions but uh, I, I think it will be a long time before that work is is truly done yeah, yeah. Um, let's talk a bit about the future uh big changes on your horizon uh jim as you've referred it's been a hell of a year you've clearly uh transformed itemize um as a result and hopefully a set for even greater success in the years ahead but what what else is big on your horizon in terms of changes um we're we're rolling out our presence in a number of new global markets. Um, and I think that's going to present an interesting challenge to how do you do that? Um, you know, how much do you uh, jam uh, an Anglo-American culture on um, an office in 
make it up to Brazil. Uh, and uh, how, again, how do you get communications going? How do you make that work? Um, I've seen, uh, you know, large companies that I've worked in, I've watched how that's waxed and waned, um, the tensions between a headquarters office and various offices. Um, and it's going to be an interesting challenge to see how we pull that off. Yeah, yeah, that, that, um, that global expansion thing that so many organizations um, trip over on, don't they? Because yeah. they take their own way of thinking and and implant it. I, earlier in my career, um, I worked for both North American businesses and British businesses. Um, I, I don't I don't put the uh, blame on either side of right, the pond. Right, right. I think we are both equally guilty of considering other countries to have you know the same mores that we do and the same approaches and. Even if we're not conscious of it, it seems to be an unconscious behaviour. But uh, again, hopefully the world's a bit more uh, aware of that kind of thing than maybe maybe we used to be. Well, well, good luck. Good luck with that. Was Brazil a random example, or is that a Brazil real? was a random example? Yes. Okay, okay. Well, we shall we shall watch with interest to see where you're see where you're heading. Um, uh, listen, last last question. Uh, um, although I'd like to talk to you for much longer. Um, lots of the people who listen to our podcast are either people who, many are already CEOs, um, some just have to deal with CEOs really often in their day-to-day, -day. Uh, but but I think a good few people are thinking, well, might CEO be for me one day? Is that the kind of direction I might take? And I guess some will even be imagining founder CEOs and taking the route that you took. Some quick bits of advice, three, if you can manage it, quick bits of advice for aspiring CEOs. Quick bits of, bits of advice for aspiring CEOs. I would say, well, first I would say, you know, being CEO is not easy, um, so and nothing worth doing really is easy. Let's be honest. I've been trying to play the piano for forty-five years, right, and I'm still not there. Um, uh, and the only way you stick with it, right, is by loving your work. So it's difficult. Um, you gotta love it, or you're gonna be no good at it. So find, make sure that you're in an organization. If, if you, if, if you want to earn your way into a CEO in an organization, you're in a, an organization that can harness your joy and your passion, right? For that, for their mission. Um, and then the back to leadership, you have to figure out your own leadership style. Everybody's different. You and I are not the same. We, we look the same, but we're not the same. Um, and, uh, you know, you got to figure out how, how you're going to lead? Are, are you more of a football coach or more of a conductor or you know more of a of a drill sergeant? Um, and 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 answer those questions. And if you answer them, you know favorably, then then it'll happen. Yeah, you see leaders, don't you, that haven't made peace with who they are. And I think there's so much in what you say there about figuring out your style, figure it out, and then authentically be that i mean be better every day right be be improve you know take the edges off we've all got edges to take off i often say leadership is much more art than science you know right. you're never you're never perfect right there is no magic formula but actually making peace with who you are and then being the very best version of that um there's a there's a really enormous amount in that I also love the bit about, you know, recognizing that it's not easy and just loving it. You know, our listeners can't see the smile on your face when you talk about itemize and when you talk about the challenges, but I can. And that you feel your joy in it. You feel the fact that for you, it's joyful, even with some of the big challenges, it sounds like you've had um, in the last year or so. 
Jim, I'd love to talk to you for longer, but uh, we need to let you get back to your day uh, making itemize all it can be. Thank you so very much for uh, being with us today. Send my best wishes to the beautiful East Hampton, which for our listeners is where Jim is speaking to us from. And we, uh, as I say, wish you and the team at itemize the greatest of success. Thanks again for joining us. Matt, thanks. It's been terrific. Another CEO there extolling the virtues of a good night's sleep and the early morning. But some extra juice from Jim there in terms of thinking about what he calls your run book for the day. And of course, the value of stepping away every so often. In Jim's case, to play a little soothing piano as we heard. Itemize joins those progressive businesses that have used the adversity of COVID to develop new products and paths and seems to soon be followed by some thoughtful and culturally aware global expansion for the itemized team. Yet again, we hear of the criticality of aligned incentives for the executive team. But Jim built on that, didn't he, by emphasizing the importance of simply spending time together so that the executive team get to like each other more and then, of course, lead their own teams like world-class musical conductors. Well, many thanks, Jim, and best wishes to the Itemize team. If you are new to Meet the CEO or you just haven't subscribed yet, then please do and take a look through the amazing back catalogue of other episodes. If you're loving our work, then please let us know with a rating on your preferred platform. And meantime, best wishes in all your endeavours until we next welcome you to Meet the CEO.